Big Finish for the love of stories. You're listening to the Big Finish podcast. Release date Sunday, the 25th of June, 2023. Here is the midnight news. And this is Harold Westlake reading it. Up to 10 o'clock, 175 aircraft have been destroyed in today's raids over this country. Despite further raids over the course of this evening, Prime Minister Winston Churchill issued a statement reminding everyone that Britain will endure. Together, we shall all make it through these dark and terrible times. Too right, Winnie. Except for you, Harriet Thompson. What? You won't make it through the night. Hello, you. I'm Benji Clifford. He's Nick Briggs. This is Big Finish. Audiobooks, audio drama, and this podcast, all for the love of stories. In a moment, we'll be briefly mentioning Sherlock Holmes. So we just go, Sherlock Holmes. Right. That's it. Uh, After that, then, it'll be time for the Good Review Guy, uh, reviewing the reviews of The Sixth Doctor Adventures, Water Worlds. Hubie Harrison, it's nice to meet you. Then we go behind the scenes with the latest Seventh Doctor release starring Sylvester McCoy and featuring Christopher Naylor as Harry Sullivan. And we're focusing on Operation Dusk by Alfie Shaw. And that's released this Tuesday, the 27th of June. Hello, my name's Alfie Shaw and I'm the writer of The Seventh Doctor Adventures, Operation Dusk. Following that, it'll be time for listeners' emails sent Mm. to podcast at bigfinish.com. And we're getting some lovely emails from you at the moment, so please keep them coming. In our also available segment this week, it's the latest nail-biting instalment of Torchwood Among Us. Torchwood Among Us 2, no less, and we go behind the scenes with the opening episode, Propaganda by Ash Darby. And Torchwood Among Us 2 is released this Thursday, the 29th of June. More propaganda. So, it could just be hoax? Then the randomoid Selectatron will once again be delivering a random release with a 25% discount skillfully attached to it by Big Finish content manager Jackie Emery. What will it be? Well, we don't know. But here's a future projection of a clue. Where are we? I haven't the faintest idea. And finally, as always, we round off the podcast with a free 15-minute drama tease. And this week it is, of course, from the Seventh Doctor Adventures Operation Dusk by Alfie Shaw. You called for me, sir? Uh, Doctor, this is Nathaniel Woodcote. He was Miss Thompson's handler. Nathaniel, this is the Doctor. How do you do? Charmed, I'm sure. I've been working on a new and rather exciting new Sherlock Holmes project. New, oh, new, is that new. Your, your Sherlock Holmes um, sweater and um, badge set that you, you want to release? <laughs> yeah, imagine. Big picture of your well, face on it. I mean, I can't tell you too much about it, but I have. It's, it's very. there's a lot that's new and different oh. and exciting about it. And there will be um, more news coming up about that in the coming weeks and months. That so, is very exciting. But it's not, you know, there's, it's more, it's it's different. It's not, yeah, can't say anymore, sorry. And that'll be certainly something to look forward to. Um, you know, we're talking about what we think of it. Let's see what other people think of other releases. It's the Good Review Guide, finding uh, the latest positive comments about Big Finish Productions to help recommend them for you. And as promised this week, we're looking at the sixth Doctor Adventures, Water Worlds. Hebe Harrison, it's nice to meet you. Uh, uh, do you work here on the rig? Not exactly. Don't you know? Aren't you here to get us all home? Oh, 
So there are more people here? Well, yeah. There's seven of us left. Oh. Everyone else has already gone home? No. There are seven of us left alive. From Big Finish Productions, Doctor Who, The Sixth Doctor Adventures, Water Worlds. An ocean on the moon. Oh, Doctor, I'm speechless. You're still talking. Close as I get. <laughs> Brilliant. Does this belong to you? Are you part machine? <laughs> More like part action figure. I come with my own accessories. <laughs> my friend Hebe is an expert on marine life. And you? I'm an expert on everything else. Particularly blowing his own trumpet. You mean I'm wearing a stolen body? What if the others find out? You keep looking at me because you want me to say it, but I'm not going to say it. Water uh, world. Water world. Um, just go to bigfinish.com and type, yes, I did, water worlds <laughs> into the search pane at the top to find this one. And that's exactly what whoreview.com did. Uh, water worlds is a strong box set overall. Overall alert, Nick. Ooh. That's that wonderful They're doing sign. it on purpose now. I'm sure they are. Maybe not. Who knows? Uh, giving us three solid Doctor Who adventures with the sixth Doctor and his companions. Ruth Madeley makes a powerful debut as Hebe Harrison, bringing to life all the thought-provoking material which comes with having a wheelchair user as a companion and sharing a strong rapport with Colin Baker and Bonnie Langford. This, alongside Steve Foxen's truly excellent sound design and music, is the strongest part of the set. Recommended. Hmm. Well, we think that might have been George Hewitt, but we don't know. Uh, who review don't name their reviewer. No, they don't. Apparently. Um, uh, and that's fine. Anonymity is fine. Be anonymous. That's a good recommendation, I think. Uh, welcome to the podcast. My name's... Uh, great name, great name. <laughs> Blogtohoo.com. Um, I have uh, in their employ a certain gentleman whose career we've we've followed with some enthusiasm. It's Peter Nolan, yeah. Did he email Anything, you this morning? Is it, he hasn't emailed me today with any business opportunities. Oh, no, drat, drat. Have you, got, have you got any Peter Nolan news that Peter will never have heard of? Well, yes, actually, I have, yes. he's um, He's just cropped up, actually, on local radio doing an advert for Bob's Tackle. Um, but we don't know if it's a fishing shop or something else. Um, very no. hard, to, very hard to, to work that one out. No, but uh, Peter, let us know. Left alone, yes. yeah. uh, Peter says in his inimitable fashion, Waterworlds is a successful introduction for the sixth Doctor Adventures' latest companion. Hebe is a difficult character lo to love straight away, but there's plenty of potential on show in these three stories. Perhaps echoing the original plan for old Sixie himself, her rude shell is a deliberate first stage in her journey and if the sixth doctor's adventures have told us anything it's that big finish and especially jack rayner who is the writer and producer jacqueline rayner are the masters of that she is the master of that <laughs> well, sci-fi pulse.net Razor Devro says the three tales in this set do an excellent job of introducing Hebe. By the end of this first volume, she's able to integrate herself into the TARDIS team. As ever, Colin Baker and Bonnie Langford are excellent. Excellent! However, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the set belongs to Ruth Maidley. Maidley knows fans like me have been waiting for a companion like Hebe. 
She also knows that Hebe is a pioneer in a dangerous universe. Maidley doesn't have the luxury of sugarcoating the fact that Hebe can't run. She has to present a layered portrayal of exuberant wonder tempered by realistic responses to fraught situations. That's the inescapable dichotomy disabled Hoovians have been confronting since 1963. Maidley is more than up to the challenge of embodying that dichotomy. Mm -hmm. Very nice work there. Very nice, yes. Thank you, Razor Devereaux. Uh, WarpedFactor.com, uh, another of our uh, famous friends here, uh, Tony Filer. Has he been doing the Firelight Zone podcast? I don't know. I've not. I've not been catching up with that, but I hope so. The Firelight Zone. Mm. I mean, do you want to um, see? I'll have, have a look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Leave it with me. Because he was going to start that podcast, wasn't he? The Firelight Zone. Don't let us down, Tony. No Tony pressure. Fire. Don't want to put you under pressure. In the meantime, uh, you said Waterworlds was always going to be exciting, thanks to Ruth Maidley joining the TARDIS crew. What you get for your money is three different watery stories that build progressively from a kind of fang rock sto horror story that lays out the introductory journey of the new companion through a first-time-in-space story of learning to respect the universe on its own terms, while dealing with a wretched amount of governmental blindness and chicanery as your world evaporates, to, uh, my uh, reading of that was quite appalling, uh, to a full-on ethical dilemma about the right to use others as laboratory tools to try and save your own people. Through it all, while Colin Baker delivers some stalwart sixth doctoring, and especially in a couple of moments, will make you watery-eyed with poignancy, the building of a new TARDIS relationship in the spirit of Tegan and Nyssa marks Waterworlds out as a must-have for fans of the sixth doctor, both old and new. That's a nice one, Tony. That's nice. nice. Work, well, well said. I can't find yes. anything on the Firelight Zone, I'm afraid. It doesn't he was too busy writing this review, wasn't he? Yeah, to, well, it uh, happens, you know, podcast. it does happen. Well, I hope you're right, Tony, and nothing's uh, getting in the way of your, your podcasting, and we wish you well. Thank you for all the hours of fun you've given us making rubbish jokes about Claws of Axos. That's us making the rubbish jokes, <laughs> not you. <laughs> I just want to make that clear. In, oh, sorry, it's up to you now. I'm just reading your bits. I keep <laughs> just, doing just, this. Uh, well, well you know, it, just, it happens, old boy, it happens. In the world of Twitter, Justin B. Quinnick says, Doctor Who, Waterworlds with Sawbones Hex, that's, of course, Colin Baker, Bonnie Langford and Ruth Madeley is astounding. The legendary no, it's outstanding. Girl what did I say? You said astounding. Astounding. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's just it. as good, isn't it? It's just as good. I'm just reading. I'm, I was I was already ahead of myself trying to work out who Girl from Bluepo is. No, says no. here, the legendary Girl from Bluepo delivers a could-not-be-better set. Don't know. Um, don't know. Uh, uh, emotional, funny, adventurous, and thought-provoking. The best big finish yet in the year of 60? I'd say yes. 10 out of 10. Nice one. I mean, a girl from Blupo could be uh, Ruth. No, because Ruth has already been tagged here. Oh, yeah. Oh, what about Jack Rayner? It must be Jack Rayner. I mean, can you, can could, you type it could be the postman. girl from Blupo so into you know, Twitter? Yeah, we'll find out. Let's find out who it is and then be very embarrassed that we even asked the question. <laughs> Uh, yes, it's, it's Jacqueline Rayner. It is Jacqueline, the girl from Blupo. What does that mean? Well, you are, you ask Jack. I don't know. Could mean anything. Yeah. 
Gosh, I feel so ignorant. Uh, at Telos32, three very good watery adventures for the Doctor, Mel, and their new companion, Hebe. Welcome to the TARDIS, Ruth Maidley. Uh, this mention of Evelyn Smythe... Oh, the, yeah, it says this mention of Evelyn Smythe brought a tear to this old man's eye. Oh. At Telos32 is an old man, then. Well, we've learned something new today. The real Mr. Paul here says, Today I finished the Waterworld set. Loved every second. Love Hebe Harrison. Love old Sixy and Mel. More, please. A lot of love there. Plenty more coming. Uh, <clears throat> at Kate Stewart 65 uh, says, I, I presume that's not the Kate Stewart from Units. It could be. We don't know. Actually tweeting <laughs> Waterworlds uh, one of Big Finish's latest releases is a wonderful piece of three incredible stories and the starting point of a new companion and all I can say is she won my heart from the beginning yeah, oh. mine, mine too next week we take a look at the ninth Doctor adventures uh, sticking to the three times table there uh, back to Earth Well, before we move on, I've got to tell you something, Nick. Mm. Um, I discovered something really amusing the other day. Yeah. That um, I was just playing around on with artificial intelligence, as you do. Uh-oh. and um, Destroying and I, humanity. Destroying humanity as we go. But I, I just thought to myself, I wonder Do if it can... turn me off. Yes, go on, I sorry. wonder if it can be characters for me. So I wanted to see if it could role play as a character. Then I thought, I wonder if I could get it to role play as a character that's really obscure. And I'd like to see if it could actually pick up who it was. So I said, um, can you role play as the character General Ravon from Genesis of the Daleks? <laughs> and I wanted to, I thought that's obscure enough that they wouldn't... Do you know what I mean? That's, that's, yeah, yeah. that's a tricky one. So then it said, okay, I'll do that for you. Um, what would you like to know? So I said, what are your opinions on the Thals? And I got back a reply that said, ah, the Thals, the so-called peaceful people of Scaro. Well, if you want my honest opinion, I find them to be weak and pitiful. They <laughs> claim to be champions of peace and virtue, but in reality, they're nothing more than a feeble race clinging to the remnants of their once great civilization. And then goes on into a rant. Um, but I thought, that's, I thought that is pretty good. For yeah. something that and that and it and it created this within seconds. But I thought for a primitive Yeah, well now you know, we know how some of our politicians get their speeches written. I say, yeah, they just say <laughs> oh, yeah, can just you imagine just, uh, I'm General Ravon, they yeah. say. <laughs> General Raven, please, can I uh, just uh, yeah, just give me a quick uh, statement for the Daily Mail. Um but yeah, I just thought I thought you'd find that interesting. So next time you're twiddling your thumbs, uh, you know, you can absolutely get it to to play the the tea lady from uh, the green death um but anyway uh <laughs> and just for those of you who may have got lost in this huge absolute tangent that i've gone on um or if you need a reminder still to come on the podcast listeners emails sent to podcast at bigfinish.com and we'll be going behind the scenes with torchwood among us too plus the randomoids electron giving you a 25 percent discount on a randomly selected mm-hmm. big finish release Nice. Mm, you see, Benji Clifford, you can always... It's value for money. Oh, hold on, the podcast is free. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but first, let's go behind the scenes with Doctor Who, Operation Dusk, starring Sylvester McCoy. Hello, my name is Samuel Clemens, and I'm the director of this box set of Doctor Who, the seventh Doctor Adventures, Far From Home. And this episode is called Operation Dusk by Alfie Shaw. OK, back to the top. Here we go. And cue. I trust the PM has filled you in on why you're here. Only that there's been a suspicious death that could benefit from my attention. He didn't mention the cat. 
He fears that, despite looking, acting and smelling like a cat, it isn't. He claimed it could be, Lord preserve me, a bug-eyed monster in disguise. I see. Which apparently is your speciality. Oh, yeah. We're well versed in all things bug-eyed and monstrous. Although some of us relish it more than others. The Doctor, Naomi and Harry find themselves transported and materialising into the Blitz and the era of World War II. And they have been called at the behest of Winston Churchill and summoned them because of a particular uh, strange case where an agent of theirs uh, has disappeared or possibly uh, been killed and the only thing that's left is a cat and they believe that it could be alien or something otherworldly and so the doctor Naomi and Harry are called upon to try and discover how or if this person died because the only evidence that they have left um, because they materialize in a mortuary um, are a set of bones and that and that's all that is left from the victim and why did this uh, antagonist uh, whatever or whoever it is leave the cat alive or is the cat the antagonist hello my name is Alfie Shaw and I'm the writer of the seventh doctor adventures operation dusk this story pits the, the TARDIS team in a World War II murder mystery with added uh, Vashnarada, which are behaving suspiciously, not like the Vashnarada normally do, and from their webs of intrigue and death and standard Doctor Who shenanigans abound. I've done a seventh Doctor and a short trip. This is the first time I've ever done a... Uh, a full cast Seventh Doctor, which was absolutely thrilling because when I was growing up, I grew up in the in the wilderness years. And the third bit of Doctor Who I ever saw was the uh, Remembrance of the Daleks, the Sylvester Dalek story. And the first ever bit of Big Finish I listened to was the Fearmonger, which was uh, obviously an early Sylvester and Sophie story. So I've been really wanting to do a, a story for Sylvester for quite a time, and the fact that I've been able to do that is, is incredible. My name is Christopher Naylor, and I play Harry Sullivan. Harry Sullivan? Now, how on earth do you know that? You're coming with us. Into the next scene. <laughs> <laughs> Harry and Naomi and the Doctor have arrived in Second World War, London, because uh, Winston Churchill, the Prime Minister, has clearly asked the Doctor's help in trying to uh, solve some sort of nefarious goings-on. So there's a lot of uh, intrigue and a lot of uh, very wonderful uh, wartime uh, textures and uh, soundscapes and things. It's really lovely. My name's Eleanor Crooks and I play Naomi Cross. Naomi and the Doctor bounce off each other really well and it's in a different way, I think, to the way that Naomi and Harry bounce off each other. But at the same time, Naomi just inherently is that person who just takes a split second to do things, which is probably quite an like, important part of her character, I think. And I also think it, she like the Doctor is quite similar in that way, but the Doctor's a lot more maybe confident with that, whereas I think Naomi's just sort of like, you know, quick second, let's just do A because A seems like a good idea. Well, just go to bigfinish.com and type far from home into the search pane at the top to find this one and it'll be released on tuesday the 27th of june yeah this t- this tuesday yeah. <laughs> and don't forget you can hear a free 15 minute drama tease from operation dusk uh, from the beginning of it obviously we won't do the end uh at, but at the end of this podcast you'll be able to hear that i, I think i needlessly complicated that <laughs> you did but you know what i'm here for it um, Thanks, but but regardless of that let's try and uncomplicate things mm, nick because yes, what yes. is it time for 
Listeners' emails. That's right, it's not complicated. Send them in. Send your emails to podcast at bigfinish.com. Send them in, they'll fly through the invisible net that connects us all. And if you're lucky, it might get read out. And that's exactly what Anthony Zahetna uh, has done for us with the subject. Nick and Benji, please, for the podcast, I just bought two new CD players on the weekend. Well... This is a uh, an email which is responding to our chat the other day about do people still own or buy CD players? Mm. Uh, says here, dear Nick and Benji, I was 16 when CD players were released. Mm. For me, the audio quality was astounding. It's true. One could hear the singer take a breath in <gasps> and their hands slide up and down the guitar. Gone were the pops and the crackles of vinyl now they have to be added digitally as on the madonna erotica cd complete with a disclaimer that nothing was wrong with the disc and please don't return it (laughs) Um, cds are like having blu-rays after vhs incidentally my video store would advise me to fast forward and rewind all doctor who vhs tapes twice before initially playing it uh, as it supposedly made the tape run smoother and not stick I've never heard that. Yeah. Uh, I also, have heard that, actually. Oh, there we go. Mm-hmm. Also, storing the rewound tapes meant that there was more weight at the bottom of the cassette and the tape didn't stretch. Wow. I was also uh, buying blank uh, VHSs. They told you to do that before you I remember they told on. you to do that before. The, yeah, mm-hmm. I do remember that. Do you remember cleaning uh, tapes? You buy those tapes that that clean. The yes, inside. the tape cleaner. And they often had like the weird visuals. Yeah, and they had like weird visuals. Like it would have like some timer on. Like, yes. Weird three yes. D graphics. Tape head cleaner. Yeah. Yeah. There's a whole there's a whole YouTube video waiting to be created of people talking about that. Yeah. Um, uh, and I won't be the though. one to do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I won't be watching either. Um, anyway, for the price of a CD, I purchased two CD players at the weekend. What? One is the Grundig Ovation 2. Gosh, Grundig, what a brand. I think that was that Curry's own brand at one point. I don't know. I know that they did Creation. Um, I think so Grundig, for the price of a CD? I guess so. These. Yeah. yeah, okay. okay. Grundig Ovation 2, which had a side-out vertical panel, blue LED lights, and the most complicated round remote control ever. See photo. Uh, I really can see Benji dig it. It would also please a Zygon. Diastelic reading. This comes from those um, types of CD player that were right up there in the sort of early 2000s. Where, see, do, do you remember that? When they kind of... It ended up being these sort of very square. Uh, the CD would go in on these sort of flat surfaces. Mm. You'd see it spinning around. It was often like blue LED lights and stuff yeah. like that. Like it was a very much like um, a sort of thing that happened in the sort of last vestige of CDs. Um, that that circular remote is quite something, though, isn't it? Mm. How I like many the way they on it. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 20. There's, there's 22 buttons on there. That's a lot of buttons. Um, I guess, I guess. okay, let's rule out, though, that I can imagine that maybe buttons 1 to 10, uh, 1 through 0, uh, yeah. would be so you could call track numbers. Maybe. But um, I like the way they've hollowed out the middle of it to make it look a bit like a CD. Yeah. Just confusing. I end up trying to put it in the player. 
Yeah. <laughs> Why isn't it working? It's five um, times the, as I can't thick. find the remote. Um, the other is the TDK NX02 CD player TDK. with the bilateral transparent piezoelectric speakers. <laughs> uh, it looks amazing as two flat sheets of vinyl vibrate to produce sound. Again, probably more novelty than fidelity, though I do like CDs and the covers give big Finnish actors something to sign and me to admire. Thanks, chaps. Anthony Zahetna, Australia. Uh, P.S. Uh, remember when CD Spars code DDD was king? Uh, I think all big Finnish CDs would be DDD. I don't remember that at all. No, don't remember that. Don't know what that means. Uh, I always remember at the start of VHS, people forgot there always used to be a code in the top right-hand corner. Do you remember yeah, that? We do. No, no, I, I don't care. <laughs> I also remember this is this is Anthony Zahenta talking here. Uh, I also remember Chrome CRO2 cassettes, I which were supposed to give superior sound. Mm. You had to press that special metal button on your ghetto blaster, uh, which I still am not sure what it does. Yes, that's right. Back in the old days of doing audio visuals, we used to master all our stuff to Chrome tapes because we were uh-huh. told that it had better fidelity. Thank I've got you for a Dolby that, button Anthony, on my CD player that gets rid of the hiss. My my cassette player, sorry. Yeah, it yeah, just introduces a sock over the speaker, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, and it's oh, brilliant. I can't understand. Them. <laughs> Certainly no hiss. Yes, it's just, there's no. There are no upper frequencies at all. So he said he bought this for the price of a CD. Well, what price did you pay? It's rather impressive, isn't it? it depends like on the CD, you know. Yeah. Yes, that's true. A five hundred pound CD. Uh, next up. Uh, uh, CC or Cecilia Caddy says, uh, well, the subject line is an assortment of assertions. Dear Nick, Benji and Colin, yes, I know the chances of Colin Baker being there are slim, but a girl can dream, okay? Fair enough. He's CC. not here. Colin? No, he's not. Colin? Colin? No, no, he's definitely not here. Definitely not here. Um... Colin? My- no, just checking, sorry. Oh, dear, no, well, please feel free to check <laughs> randomly throughout the rest of the podcast. Just, Colin! Is he in this drawer? Colin, are you there? No, no he's not Everyone in my drawer. Everyone remembers Nick's, uh, uh, Nick and Benji's... Uh, the Colin uh, Memorable, memorable catchphrase. Colin! <laughs> anyway, uh, one of my assortment of jobs is working as a pianist for a women's choir. A lot of our choristers grew up on classic Doctor Who and are very pleased to know that I am obsessed by it too. Recently, I've been talking to the ladies about the depths of my addiction and have introduced a handful of them to Big Finish and the proposition of more Doctor Who with old actors has blown their minds. Colin! Uh, <laughs> Colin's as part of blown. this, <laughs> I have been sending emails with personal recommendations to individuals, which has got me thinking, can there be a single collection just called The Best of Big Finish that I could send to people? I'm aware of both the new to Big Finish page and the award winners page, but I'm thinking bigger, much bigger. Say the top 50 releases as voted by fans, cast and crew. Just something to put front and centre of the main webpage so new people know exactly where to begin. Secondly, I don't know how much you keep up with Doctor Who novels sales on eBay, but I think there's a bit of potential for Big Finish here. Let me explain. The harder to get ones, like uh, So Vile a Sin, Lung Barrow and The Dying Days, usually get listed for upwards of 500 Australian dollars over 200 of your post-Brexit pounds. 250. Sorry, 250. Well, certainly over 200, but 250. Uh, which means that a lot of people have missed out on some of the most notorious 
interesting Doctor Who stories from the 90s. I believe that if Big Finish wanted to be sure that a new novel adaptation would sell, focusing on these hard-to-get titles would be the way to go. Seriously, I cannot overstate how well a Lung Barrow box set would do, and it just so happens to be a great story, or so I'm told. 500 bucks is too rich for my blood! Exclamation mark. Of course, the problem is you would need to find the budget to buy the novel for yourselves. <laughs> That's very good point. <laughs> I mean, maybe Mark Platt's got a copy. Uh, but worth it, I think. Finally, many months ago, you mentioned the Dewey Decimal System on a podcast. Did we? Do you remember that? Yeah, I do remember that, actually. Yeah. I can't remember what it is, though. Um, uh, and I sent a long and, quite frankly, tedious email about my other job as a librarian. Quite rightly, you did not read it out, but it's <laughs> nice to know there's some quality control happening for <laughs> listeners' emails. Cece, that is such a brilliant thing to say. Yours humbled Cece, pronounced Cece. She... <laughs> I must have just read it and fallen asleep. That. No, not this time. Sorry. <laughs> not today. Sorry. Not today. I'm sorry. I don't remember the email, so I'm, go I'm, I'm going to profess genuine ignorance. Um, so I should. Um, yeah. The best of Big Finish, it's so subjective, isn't it? It is. Uh, and also, I, mean, I think I the people who wrote the ones that aren't on the list are going to go, or produced or directed those, are going to go, oi, thanks. Thanks a bunch for all the effort I put in there and I don't get named I think it and and having I'm I think it's something that Jason Hay Gallery would like to do you know he likes the idea of vote, people voting and, and what have you but I just I think it becomes so divisive and I know that you know one of the uh, the, the original doctors is always irritated by polls and votes and this constant sort of parading of what's best and what's not best because when it comes to liking a TV show or indeed the audio dramas based on a TV show, should it be about, always be about what the majority name as their favourite? Because even those ones that people don't name as their favourite are bought and enjoyed by people. People go, no, I really love that. I just wouldn't name it as one of my favourites. And then somehow it devalues it because they still love it. I just... The sort well, there was a very interesting thing that I did a while ago, if you remember, Nick, is that I'd never really watched Star Trek The Next Generation. Mm. So I, I went and found this curated blog in which somebody has said, you know, I think it was called Star Trek The Next Generation in 40 Hours. And it was somebody who curated a collection of episodes to kind of, you know, what what is useful and what isn't. And to be fair... It was quite a good list in terms of it. You were able to maintain certain plot threads. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, after doing that and enjoying it, and I went back and was watching more, and you realise that there are a lot of stories and which were commented on there that they were saying, "I didn't think this was one was worthy of this list, and it's not that great." Well, it creates and debate, then, which is always it creates debate. But of course, then going back, I've, there were stories I loved that weren't included that I thought were useful, and so I think that it's. It is subjective. Yes, if I could completely. be so bold, I think the only way you could do something like this that would be, which would work, would be a similar thing that they do on the Internet Movie Database, in which people make almost not playlists, but they make lists. So if you had listeners were able to choose in their own way, yeah. you know, to say yeah. a beginner's guide to big finish, and it's by, you know, John Jones and he's yeah. compiled five well, he's stories good, yeah, yeah. 
you know then then maybe and then you know people can upvote it if they agree or whatever that well, could be I a think, way of doing I, it I think you've struck upon something that as you were saying that I was thinking yes what we should do is present different people's uh, best of big finish whether it's contributors or indeed listeners I think that's something so you you uh, create uh, present a great diversity of opinions and so it doesn't become because that's the trouble with doing these best of polls it makes you know even if it's sort of fifty-one percent of voted for something, it makes that the best, and the one that the forty-eight percent or whatever voted for, um, the worst. You know, and I think it's very divisive, and I, I think it's much better to. Also, the other thing is something that you might really enjoy in a certain frame of mind, in another frame of mind, and our frames of mind minds are always changing. You might not like, you know. And I think, I think as I get older and older and older, older, you old, 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 you come to realise that your opinions are on anything maybe trivial in your life are not absolute. And that some days, you know, you'll start watching something and people say, oh, that was brilliant on Netflix. You go, I will. I watched the first five minutes. It was rubbish. And then you commit yourself to that opinion. And so you feel loyal to that opinion. But what you've got to do is later, when you're feeling a bit like, oh, oh, I might give it a go. And you give it a go and you go, do you know, actually, I did enjoy it that day. So it's 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 an interesting thing, by the by. Someone wrote in about doing negative plot lines, plot lines where, where it had downbeat endings and said, you know, they found it difficult because of mental health issues. And I know exactly what you mean. Sometimes when I've been depressed and I, I think, I, do you know, I can't watch another film where someone gets murdered. I can't watch another film where a child gets kidnapped. Now, it doesn't mean they're not good films or good TV series. If you're just not in the right frame of mind, save yeah. it for when you're feeling more robust. You know, so I think people's opinions change, and I think so. I think the solution is to have lots of best-off lists over a period of time. I think you could, that you know, great. that's a good way, and then you can bundle bundle the releases together. You know, and then people can buy them all if they want, or buy individual ones. I think because yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, a, a perfect example of this is you know I've been watching all of Game of Thrones for the first time. Finished it now. Uh, and a friend of mine said to me, oh, if I were you, just don't watch the final season. It's not worth you watching it. Just don't watch it. And I, of course, I watched it because I wanted to see how it ended. But then at the end of it, and yeah, not to spoil it for anybody, I can see why people say that the ending is controversial. However, I did enjoy the last season. I did enjoy it. And I'm glad that I watched it. But had I listened, I wouldn't have watched it and I wouldn't have experienced that. So that is the, the crux of it is everybody is different, I think, is, is is what we're saying. But no, very, in my opinion, very interesting idea because I do think it would be good to have some ways to introduce people to it in bite-sized ways. Um, the old novelizations or novels, Doctor Who novels adaptations. Uh, it's thing. a novel idea. Uh... I mean, I'll have another chat with people, but I mean, the problem is we had so many people asking for them and then we did it and then they weren't popular. So I think it's a vociferous minority of people. Uh, over time, of course, our novel adaptations have sold okay, but over time, almost everything sells okay. But in order for a company to function properly, what you kind of need is things that sell quite quickly to make sure that the cash flow is good for keeping you the company You have to get a pledge, a pledge system in there to get yeah. people to pledge for it. It's just mm. gamble, isn't it? It's a gamble. Yeah, so leave that with me. I will wave those around in front of people at creative meetings again and just say, 
you know, are we sure we don't want to do this? Uh, thank you, CC. Thank you. We've got one more here from Steve Watts. Oh. Uh, hi, just listening to The Prisoner. I wanted to say that not only is it a great reworking, I'm very protected of PMCG and the original, uh, but I just love the reinterpretation. That's Patrick McGowan, I think. Yeah, um, yeah must be. Uh, but I love the reinterpretation of the theme music. It's perfect. I hope you pass this on to all concerned, Steve. That's the great work of Jamie Robertson. It is, yeah. And just liking the whole thing as well, I think. Uh, it, that's very nice of you, Steve. It's lovely to, to hear from you. It seems like ancient history to me, The Prisoner. We put so much effort into it and into promoting it, and it, it went down a storm, actually. Uh, my only regret was that I could never uh, convince the late Tim Beddows, who uh, used to be the CEO of uh, Network, to listen to it he just wouldn't listen to it because it wasn't Patrick McGowan I, I sent him CDs I sent him downloads and he just either said he hadn't received them or <laughs> couldn't play mm. them or so he was just determined not to anyway bless him but again different people have different ideas and different yeah. things that they like and that's fine some people think don't mess with the past and that's fair enough um, that, that phrase that, though, that put, put us out of business put, uh, big finish out of business yeah. <laughs> uh, that's it for this week's emails we look forward very much indeed to reading more next week. Well, I'm sure regular listeners will know the Randomoid Selectatron is preparing itself at this very moment. We know. Prom- well, of course. Prom- we know, but they might not. Promising you a 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release. And remember, we'll also be teasing you with the first 15 minutes of Operation Dusk, part of the latest series of Seventh Doctor Adventures, entitled Far From Home. Out this week on Tuesday, the 27th of June. But first we go behind the scenes with Torchwood Among Us 2. Hello, my name is Scott Hancock and I am the director of Torchwood Propaganda. I'm told when this script was written it was originally about a forgotten war... But the interesting thing about science fiction is it dates so quickly that even though it was written in the sense of it being a war people have forgotten about, I'm not entirely sure whether forgotten's the right word, whether it's more a war about which we are in the West ignorant or we don't have all the reported facts. We're provided with a very precise narrative because the media will skew things. And the media is informed by sources that are themselves biased. Such is the nature of the world. So it's a really interesting script for getting to the crux of that. And we're sort of exposed to both sides, both parties. And and what I think is really nice as well is the idea that the soldiers themselves are tired of it. You know, they don't fully understand the bigger picture either. It's all part of a much greater plot. And there are things driving that plot beyond even the politics of their own country, as we will later discover. More propaganda. So, it could just be hoax? Everyone trapped inside because of nothing? Nothing but fear. Apparently that is all propaganda is. I am Samantha Bayard and I'm playing Orr. This is a very different kind of awe, isn't it? Certainly is, James. Awe's a bit... Uh, it's got their soldier on, I think, for this episode, and, um... 
It's quite tough, I suppose, with their newfound abilities from uh, meeting uh, God and everything last time. That's what I'm imagining. What were your thoughts as the writer? Or is discovering new boundaries because or eh, the last time we met or they'd realised that God is love <laughs> and uh, that uh, they could save the entire world. And mm. this is Or's new thing uh, <laughs> where Or is like, I wonder what my limits are because mm. Or is realising new new things and I think this is this is a tragedy because Or heads out to save people yeah, and then realises no there's no one I I love awe in so do this I. episode it was so much fun to do and it's very different from the usual awe you know pick it, actually picking up on uh, other people's emotions because there aren't that many people about so yeah it's been really interesting fun uh, multi-dimensional to play even more so than usual actually you've seen it out there they all died but you said you. Were... I didn't think anyone would come if they knew it was just me but I watched them First came the screaming, then the madness, then they turned to dust. All of them. I'm Milo Toomey and I'm playing Robert Wilson, the enigmatic Robert Wilson. Robert is an Englishman abroad running a troll farm for hire that spreads misinformation. And so Robert was running this and then an event occurred. There were lights, bright lights, and something terrible happened. Everybody went out into the streets and then alarmingly quickly people started to go insane and started to scream and then they went mad and then they started to turn to dust. And one by one everyone died until Wilson was left alone. And he's been waiting, hoping, and sending messages out to the to the West to save him. And remember, just go to bigfinish.com and type Torchwood Among Us into the search pane at the top to find this great series. And remember, this instalment is out on Thursday the 29th of June, which is two days after the 27th, which is when Far From Home comes out. Very good. So yeah, this Thursday. I do always write this Thursday and this this, Tuesday. And you always say on instead of this. (laughs) So, do I really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so, I, I don't even know I'm doing it. I, I'll, I'll make a conscious effort to not do I'll that. I'll put it in capitals, I think. <laughs> in bold capitals, underline. <laughs> yeah, font my- size 200. <laughs> Suddenly it just takes up the whole page. <laughs> anyway, meanwhile, it's time for... The Randomoid Selectatron, where we randomly select a Big Finish release and offer you a 25% discount on it. Okay, hit me. Number 142, Doctor Who, The Demons of Red Lodge and Other Stories. Oh, so this was one of the anthology releases that we used to do as a sort of extra special thing and uh, quite often introduce uh, new writers or, or writers who hadn't done much for us. So we've got Jason Arnott, Rick Briggs, no relation. <laughs> Your who pseudonym. Won, won a, a, a writing competition. Uh, William Gallagher and uh, John Dorney, whoever he is. Uh, John actually did this fantastic one, which was... Um, about a cult 1970s horror anthology and it's sort of a it's a dvd commentary it's really good anyway it's excellent here's the trailer for that release coming Coming soon soon from big Big finish Finish productions Productions, doctor Doctor who the The demons of red lodge and other stories doctor where where are we i haven't the faintest idea guards take dr smith to solitary what is this place doctor 
It's huge, like a cathedral. Welcome to Concordum, Nissa. Please! No! Stay away from the curtains! Hello, and welcome to this 25th anniversary DVD. My name's Martin Ashcroft, and I directed Dr. Demonic's Tales of Terror. Uh, we're, we're here to see Mr. Cooper. Perhaps you could let him know we've arrived. We're um, uh, friends of his. Uh, musicians. Look after yourself, miss. Don't look like the sort to end up in jail. Oh, seemingly not. Geoffrey Belvedere Cooper, born 1941, was a reclusive guitarist working in the progressive rock field. Oh, don't you look young, Sir Jack? It was a long time ago. We all looked younger. Uh, except you, Dr. Smith. You don't look a day older. Don't I? <laughs> I mean, literally, not a day. I've had enough of being afraid. My nerves can't take it. Please, don't open them. I'm sorry. Oh! Hello, I'm the doctor. Whoa! Stop right there. If you're going to say Dr. John Smith, I'm going to be starstruck. Biggest crook on folly. And that's a wrap. Subscribers get more at bigfinish.com. All very horrific. Um, I'm just thinking, is it Ken? Yeah, Ken did it. Simon Holland did the cover. Beautiful work. Richard Fox and Lauren Yason did the uh, music and the sound design. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Nice work. Good team, good team there. Yeah, lovely. Um, good. This is just the sound of me flicking across <laughs> my going, computer, mm, good, uh, mm, trying mm, to find where the script is. There it is. <laughs> oh dear. Well, while I email Jackie Emery, content manager at Big Finish, uh, to inform her of our random selection so that she can set the offer live on the BigFinish.com website, Benji. Could yes, you give sir. a very non-committal description of how listeners may avail themselves of this well, offer? Well, I mean, I suppose so. You know, you could, I guess just, you know, head over to bigfinish.com or something. and That just you know, sounds just, like you're tired of it. It doesn't sound non-committal. Well, I'm not committing to the art. I mean, you could. <laughs> you could. Go, I mean, you, you know, I'm not telling you to go. You could do that. You could, you could click on podcasts if you want. I'm not yeah. stopping you. Okay, you know? okay. I'm not stopping. Yeah. It's your choice, Nick. It's your choice if you want to go to, to read more. It's just belligerent you know? now. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> just, 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 just absolutely bullying. I was just bullying. wondering what a non-committal version would sound like. Well, we well, can't possibly say. <laughs> well, I, I suppose, you know, I mean, when I think of non-committal, I, I think of it as, like, open and quite, you know, vague about whether you do it or not. Yeah, yeah, but I guess it could be, you vague, know. I mean, vague. you know, I, I mean, it could be your interpretation, which is, well, I mean, uh, yes, we, you, you know, uh, if you want twenty five percent off, I mean, I can't, I can't reveal it to you, but I, I can say that you could enter, uh, <laughs> click here on the bigfinish.com slash podcast page on the podcast of your choice. You could, in theory, click here and enter the code back okay. up. But, uh, of course, that is something that is out of my jurisdiction to do myself. You would have to take it upon yourself to do that and That's receive. beautifully non-committal, I you think. You know, it's just... Uh, well, thank you, yes. Uh, enter the code BUCK UP, by the way. That's B-U-C-K-U-P. All, cap all capital letters. Okay. Uh, no spaces. You could add a space, but it won't work. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder whether it would. We keep telling I'll, people that. I'll, it's probably, I'll try. I'll you try. could just probably type banana or something. No, it doesn't work. I'll try no. banana. <laughs> no, it doesn't work. Banana works. Wow. It doesn't. No. <laughs> I just wanted to say. 
Great choice, Ran. Uh, next week's podcast will feature D- the Doctor Who audio novel, Prisoners of London. Maybe some guests on the podcast. Should we get some guests who would yeah. like to invite? What do you, do you oh, want? I don't know. It's like a tea party, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, who, who do you think would be up for it? Well, you know, Heather might come along. Yeah, get old Evs on the go. Get Sadie on. So that could be fun. To get Sadie to come. Sadie could be good. She'd be up for it, I'm sure. Did she come on before, Sadie? No, she's never been I don't on think we've ever had Sadie on. Yeah. yeah. We could have General Ravon. Yeah. <laughs> One of his famous speeches from ChatGBT. Uh, those weakling scum. Yes, and now it's a word from Ravon. A ra- Raven's rants. Oh, the word um, is hatred. <laughs> I'll, 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 next next week, I'll get it to rant about the fact that it's uh, it, that the latest CD release hasn't arrived on time. I'm sure Ravon would be thrilled to rant about that. I mean, there's obviously there's Stephen Noonan and there's uh, yeah, Tim there's Trelaw. a Tim Trelaw always wants to come back on. Tim uh, Kigali. I hopefully we'll speak to uh, Stephen soon and um, Sam Clemens be fun. Sam Clemens. That could be a good one. Yeah. We just have them all and just only for uh, 30 seconds each. Thank you for turning up. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you get a free Parker pen and a T-shirt um, <laughs> and a board game of your choice. Thank you, milady. Oh, not that kind of Parker. Nick. No, not that pen. Not that pen. Um, but anyway, mm. in the meantime because we don't know what will happen. It only remains for me to say this. This edition of the Big Finish podcast was presented by me, Benji Clifford, and him, Rick... Bl- no, Nick Briggs. <laughs> Nick also wrote, produced, and edited it. And, of course, Benji and I did this... For, for the, the love, love of stories. stories. And finally, on the Big Finish podcast, Doctor Who, Operation Dusk, uh, from Far From Home, by Alfie Shaw, and starring Sylvester McCoy as the Doctor. Don't you worry. We're going to be fine. Oh, that's not a guarantee. Still, have to be optimistic, don't you? Stiff up a lip and all that. Stiffen your whiskers, then. Here is the Midnight News, and this is Harold Westlake reading it. Up to 10 o'clock, 175 aircraft have been destroyed in today's raids over this country. Despite further raids over the course of this evening, Prime Minister Winston Churchill issued a statement reminding everyone that Britain will endure. Together, we shall all make it through these dark and terrible times. Too right, Winnie. Except for you, Harriet Thompson. What? You won't make it through the night. Come here, Matilda. It's you, isn't it? Don't try and run, Agent Thompson. You won't get away. Your best course of action is to keep calm and embrace oblivion.
infernal creature. Quite why anyone would have one of you over a dog beggar's belief. Good afternoon. I believe we're expected. Ah, the doctor, I assume. Indeed. These are my friends, Naomi Cross and Harry Sullivan. Afternoon. Hi. Yes, the PM mentioned you might bring your own people. Delighted to meet you all. Sebastian Hardcastle, Section Chief, MI5. Uh, who's your friend? That, and to be clear here, these are the PM's words, not mine. That could be our prime suspect. For what? Most adorable kitty? I trust the PM has filled you in on why you're here. Only that there's been a suspicious death that could benefit from my attention. Uh, he didn't mention a cat. He fears that, uh, despite looking, acting and smelling like a cat, it isn't. He claimed it could be, Lord preserve me, a bug-eyed monster in disguise. I see. Which apparently is your speciality. No, oh, yeah. We're well versed in all things bug-eyed and monstrous. Although some of us relish it more than others. Good news. It's just a slightly underfed cat. Excellent. That merely leaves us with one mad dash problem. Not sure I could have coped with two. And what is quite so mad about this death? Last night, the home of one of our agents, a Harriet Thompson, was hit by a jerry bomb. Her cat was found cowering in a neighbour's garden. But as for Miss Thompson... Sorry for your loss. That's very kind of you to say, Miss Cross. However, we're not entirely sure she's dead. Then who is? Unless you hold all your meetings in mortuary corridors. That's the rub. We don't know. All we've found is... Well, you'd better take a look for yourselves. A, a pile of bones! As soon as our man here had given them the once-over, he sent his report to us, MI6, MI11, anyone he could, really. The word impossible featured heavily. Dr Sullivan, your thoughts? Well, given the state they're in, determining cause of death will be a little tricky. The Nazis did drop a bomb on him. Which explains the shattering. If the bomb killed them, well, there'd be more of them. Uh, muscles, organs, that sort of thing. I'd say it was an old body unearthed in the explosion. Feels like there's a butt coming. There is. If these bones had been buried for a while, they'd be discoloured. But look at them. Pristine. Well, as pristine as they can be after being bombed. Judging by the size and shape of the pelvis, the victim was female. How old was Agent Thompson? 26. Well, yes, this could be your girl, all right. Your conclusion? All of her tissue was removed before her house was hit. Whether that's the cause of death or done post-mortem to disguise what actually killed her, I couldn't say. Very good. What could do such a thing? Oh, you'd be surprised. How very reassuring. No unusual energy traces, which leaves a single likely culprit. Vashta Narada. Who's that, then? Oh, they're not a person, but a species also known as the Piranhas of the Air. Any chance that's an ironic nickname and they're actually super friendly? Oh no, it's quite apt really. Microscopic carnivores that live in the darkness. Bug-eyed monsters, actual real bug-eyed monsters. As if we didn't have enough to worry about. They aren't usually this aggressive. Small groups have been on Earth for millennia, feasting off vermin mainly. Now, yeah, it would take a whole swarm to eat a person. And even then, hmm. Come on, Columbo. What's the one more thing? Why didn't they eat the cat?
Excuse me, Mr. Wilton? Yes. Can I help you? Cross and Sullivan, military intelligence. Sorry to trouble you, but the police said you saw something last night. Before the bombs started falling. Yes, miss. I'd just started my rounds when I noticed someone entering Miss Galbraith's house. I don't suppose you happen to recognise her? Come on. When's it ever that easy? Oh, I'd recognise that woman a mile off. Marion Johnston. I stand corrected. Uh, she being... A journalist. Works for the Gazette. Seen her snooping around this way a few times. Covers the raids, seeing what bombs hit where and the like. Did you see her leave? No, sorry. No need to apologise, old chap. You've been most helpful. Oh, they found something. Should we go and take a look? Come in. You called for me, sir? The doctor. This is Nathaniel Woodcote. He was Miss Thompson's handler. Nathaniel, this is the doctor. How do you do? Charmed, I'm sure. The PM's brought the doctor and his colleagues in to help with the Thompson business. Bring him up to speed on what the two of you were looking into, would you? Certainly, sir. There'd been several attempts at sabotage in the area. Phone lines cut, supplies gone missing, that sort of thing. On top of that, we had several reports from the war office about the equipment a nearby factory was putting out. The factory produces parts for communications equipment, mainly field radios. Indeed. A growing number of their kits proved to be faulty. Cost us good men in the field. So, Miss Thompson was sent in to investigate. That's the sum of it, yes. Went undercover as Laura Galbraith. She believed this woman was our culprit. Georgina Stevens. By all accounts, a quiet sort of girl. Attention-seeking spies don't tend to last very long. Oh, quite. Background checks turned up nothing, so if it is a legend, it's a sound job. Did you or Miss Thompson ever come across the phrase Vashta Nerada? Can't say it means anything to me. Somewhere in India, is it? There are some in India, but not exclusively. A resistance movement of some kind? Enemy forces, Woodcote. The likes of which we've never seen before. We believe they were responsible for the death of Miss Thompson. I'd like to speak to this Georgina. Of course. You think she's got links to these Vashtar Narada? I sincerely hope not. If the Nazis are in league with the Vashtar Narada, then you're in for a very short war indeed. It's a safe. Do you want to do the honours, or shall I? Well, ladies first. <sighs> Makes it sound like you're going to get a go after me. Don't think I can handle it. No, of course not. Uh, ladies only? Smoothly done. I can see why the Doctor keeps the sonic handy. A pity he hasn't bothered making us a set. I feel like at this point he should have a TARDIS induction day. Here's your TARDIS key, never alter history, and how's your cardio? Something like that, yes. I don't think Kate was expecting either of us to do quite so well on the unit physical. Kate? Yeah. What is it? You think we made the right decision? Hopping back in the TARDIS? It's our only way to get home. Yeah, I know. But we have two lives now. Our 20th century ones the Doctor took us from to begin with. And the 21st century ones he's taken us from this time. He means well. But we had friends there. Friends that... If he takes us back to our original time, won't know us. That we won't be able to meet for decades. I guess being back in London's got me thinking. I hope you're not proposing we settle here. <laughs> no. I mean, for starters, my mum and dad haven't even met yet. But they are out there. Somewhere. <sighs> this might be London, 
but we're as far away from home, from either home, as any alien world. Speak for yourself. I'll be born in a year or two, just down the road. Congratulations. We'll get you a cake. Better not. I love a Victoria sponge as much as the next man, but I'm not sure it'd be worth the paradox. The idea of getting home was so appealing when the doctor showed up again, but I'm thinking about it. I'm not sure where home actually is. There we go. Any flesh-eating monsters? Or better yet, signed confessions? Nothing of the sort. Some cash, a bit of jewellery, and... Hello now. A letter? Odds on your confession just went up. Investigate Operation Dusk. Top priority, destroy if necessary. Georgina Stevens? Yes? Dr John Smith. I'm from the War Office. Something wrong, sir? Oh, no need to call me, sir. Just the doctor is fine. Forgive me, but that doesn't answer my question. No, I don't suppose it does. You might want to take a seat. I'm sorry to tell you that one of your colleagues has been killed. It's Laura, isn't it? You knew? She hasn't come in today. We all hoped she was sick. She... Oh, God. I'm sorry. Thank you. It's to be expected these days. Still doesn't make it... Forgive me. It's quite all right. I understand the two of you were quite close. We got on better than most. She was one of the only girls from here I spent time with outside of work. Did you see her last night? No. Last I saw of her was when we clocked out. Said she was seeing someone that evening. Did she happen to say who? Some old school friend. The exact name escapes me. No matter. Why? You think she was lying? We believe she was responsible for many thefts that have plagued this factory. As well as multiple acts of sabotage. Did you ever see her take anything? No, sir. Doctor... Never. She was a model employee and a good woman. She wouldn't do anything to help the Jerrys. I'm certain of it. I'm sure she would have been touched by your confidence in her. Is that all, Doctor? For now. In that case, I should be getting back to work. Surely that isn't necessary. Your friend's been killed. As has my father and my brother. We can't stop simply because we've lost people. When we win, then we can mourn. Until that happens... There's work to be done. Your determination is a credit to us all. Oh, what now? Marion Johnston? If you're looking to complain, don't bother. We're not happy about it either. About what? Truth no longer being absolute or even relative, but entirely at the whims of the government. We're attached to the War Office. God save the King, Churchill and every civil servant. How can I help? Naomi Cross. That's my colleague, Harry Sullivan. Hello. You visited a woman at her home last night, didn't you? A Miss Galbraith. Ah, funny. 
You lot don't normally spike stories in person. Yes, I popped round about seven. What were you talking about? You don't know. You're not here to spike the story. Not our department, sorry. I see. Miss Galbraith worked at a factory where supplies had fallen off the back of vans. Refused to go on the record, but useful as background nonetheless. What time did you leave? Must have been about 40 minutes later. I got home just as the air raid siren sounded. Can anyone confirm that? Your husband, perhaps? You're assuming a lot. Hardly. The wedding ring. Your colleague is correct. However, I'm afraid my husband won't be able to account for anything. He died at Dunkirk. Oh, terribly sorry. Thank you. But he went out doing his duty. What more can we ask of anyone these days? Look, can I ask what all this is about? What's happened to Laura? I'm afraid she died last night, in the air raid. But not from the bombing, or else you wouldn't be here. What happened? Sorry, but that's classified. (sighs) What isn't these days? Big finish for the love of stories.